This week on Today in Space, aliens, UFOs, and UAPs. But wait, Alex, aren't you a scientist? How can you take this seriously? Exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about this episode. We're going to talk about a science-based approach to exploring the unknown of topics like this. But since NASA just had their independent study of UAP released, we had the United States hearing where it was the first one investigating UAP, and we had David Grush and, and the pilots discuss the events and whatever information they had. And we also had the Mexican government have that hearing where there were two apparent fossilized alien bodies there. How do we cut through the noise? How do we get through this? That's what we're talking about this episode, and using the scientific mindset, which as Carl Sagan said, science is a way of thinking. I'm misquoting him here. Sorry, Sagan. But that's the point. Science is a mindset. So let's talk about that mindset and how we use it for things like aliens, UFOs, and UAPs. Thanks for joining us. This is Today in Space. Let's do it. All right, so welcome to Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos. And yes, we are talking about UAPs and aliens and UFOs and stuff today. Uh, but first, we're going to break into the NASA independent UAP study because that's the crux of a lot of this conversation. And there's nothing crazy new about this. We talked about the they had a kind of a first meeting of this team where they were showcasing all the different things that they found. There were people from the industry. There were, there were retired astronauts. There were people from multiple places like the FAA, all that could have a, a way of how do we address UAPs as a scientific community? And so they released this report, which we'll put a link in this episode. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's what we would expect from NASA in a good way. I think they're taking it seriously, if I'm going to give you my summarization. You can watch, obviously, the, the live stream that was up and, and just like we did, so you can get this experience, but I'm going to give you the short distilled version. So NASA really putting it on the line and saying, we are about exploring the unknown. So this is how we would go about it. And essentially, to really simplify it, they want to develop a system that allows us to cut out the noise of finding the needle in the haystack, the needle being alien life or a UFO or something we can't understand, the unknown, right? So to address that problem, as scientists, NASA's perspective is we have all of this data about Earth, about things in space uh, that we've amassed for all these years with all of the best sensors that money and a government can buy, uh, most of this stuff is the public version of some of the most advanced military stuff that's out there. So NASA wants to be able to look at the haystack. And just like they do with certain observations right now, as they talked about in the study, where they're taking old data and running it through AIs that have filter, that filter out the things that we already know. So that way what's left could be some very faint signature of something we might miss as human beings looking through. But because we've looked at so many things like nebulas and galaxies and, and different elements and how their signatures are through uh, exoplanet atmospheres, we can now start to learn 
what is left of all these observations and even look in the past. And I think that's super cool. And that's what they want to do here. The problem is we don't really have a system that's built right now to filter out bugs, birds, bees, spiders. Uh, lightning sprites like they have in this uh you know weather phenomena and weather balloons that are known and can be filtered out so when we're looking at the problem of finding the needle in the haystack nasa wants to find out and and know what hay is so that that way that can be filtered out and then we'll find the needle amongst the haystack instead of looking for something we don't know and i think if we're leveraging the resources that nasa has today without relying on funding for this, I think this is the, the the best that NASA can do, and I think it'll be very, very helpful. So why is this important? To me, the NASA Independent UAP study is is not a groundbreaking study by any means, but it is the first time that NASA's taken this seriously. And if you watch the footage and the Q&A um, where... NASA Administrator Bill Nelson was there, among others uh, for the panel. But it was really interesting, especially Bill Nelson, who was a senator before he was the administrator. And so he actually, and he mentioned this, he, he did a great job of explaining what NASA's role is on this at exploring the unknown, and that that is a mission that NASA should undertake. And from his perspective, as a senator that has seen uh, classified information, some of that stuff, like the Tic Tac UFO and others, that are now released, he is saying that there's stuff that he's seen and that he's open to the exploration of it. And I think the administrator of NASA saying that relating to UFOs and aliens and the stigma of all these years is a huge, huge thing. And I, I don't think if someone who didn't have clearance, was in charge at this point, it would be really tough uh, for for NASA to break through the stigma of this. This whole thing with UAP is about that, and that was a big thing that NASA brought up. Stigma around this whole thing is huge. Number one, if, if we can remove the stigma, science can be done on the subject. And you know, even other scientists will not be interfering with other scientists who are actually investigating the topic. But we'll talk about more about that later. Uh, pilots and civilians who have experienced potential UAP and reporting, they'll actually be able to report it and they won't be seen as crazy or lose their job or seen as mentally unfit. There are obviously a ton of folks with stories and accounts and even some footage, but that's the core of this problem and why I think NASA's solution makes sense because there's just it's it's anecdotal data and it's it doesn't have things like our phones which will come in handy later in the episode here these have things like uh gravimetric sensors sensors they have motion detectors there are plenty of things on here that could be gathered using an app when something comes up but we don't have that right now so all of the old data that we have, this UAP independent study is looking at all the stuff that's publicly available. Again, I don't know every story that they've looked at or included in here, but it is available if you want to go through it. NASA did provide all the source material, but it's a lot. It really is. And so when you've got all this other stuff that doesn't have other things like what time of day, where was it, what angle was this from, how far away is that thing, uh, what was the temperature that day, did the winds change, did did the gravity change, like there are, there are some things that we could learn that we just don't have right now. 
So that's where we have to start from the, from a, ba- a basis. There was the first UAP meeting where there wasn't there was definitely no green men that were shown off in that meeting, but it was really a, a more of a historical thing of this is the first time that the United States government has actually had a task force to investigate this. So I think there's going to be more to come from that, but for now that's all that's all we can really take from that. And then, you know, Mexico's hearing revealed the pair of uh, alleged aliens. So with all this stuff, including all the YouTube videos and TikToks that are out there, it's just a lot, right? So how do we deal with this information? How do we cut through the noise and make any sense of it and still have like a sense of intellectual curiosity about the subject? There's also this subsect of people of science that are, you know, smart people that dismiss anything alien related and in some case even bully people who have curiosity on the on the subject and even more so when that person is a scientist or a person in science and believes in interest like things like UFOs or aliens or even just has the possibility open the NASA UAP study panel even talked about the abuse that their study members were getting from people in the industry online or people who were saying that it was ridiculous that NASA was investigating this. So it's this perfect storm of NASA getting involved. And after this uh, study was released, it looks like NASA's on board. Like they've felt the, the craziness of everything. And now it's like, well, let's get data. Everyone's freaking out about this. Let's get data. And that's what this is all about. So where do I stand on the issue? So I am pro-possibility of aliens. I I use a science-based approach to the unknown. Um, like, my biggest question to anyone who says that aliens aren't real is like, do you even stargaze, bro? Because the universe is unfathomably large, and it's just intellectually dishonest, in my opinion, to say that we have any certainty about what is and isn't out there. We can't even understand infinity, but that's that's a whole other whole other episode. I also have a telescope that I use on the regular now, uh, and I stargaze whenever it's actually clear here in Massachusetts, which unfortunately is is not that often, but I try and make sure that I get out there when I can. In less than a year of owning our Vespera telescope, which is, has helped us get outside and set up quickly, which means we can observe more things quickly, it does a lot of the processing of the images for us so that we can just share about that. That's why we got it. But it had an effect on me that I really wasn't expecting. And after observing over 60 objects in the night sky in under a year, right? I haven't even had it a lot. When you're looking at the night sky on a regular basis, it's really it's really hard to be certain about how much we actually know about the universe. And it's just an infinite well of stuff out there. And I will never be able to learn all of it. And I'm okay with that. That makes me curious. And obviously, you're just well aware of just how small and tiny you are when, you know, we were looking at the Andromeda galaxy. That is millions of light years away. It's shocking to think that there are people who believe that we know all of it so i can tell you as someone that's got a telescope out there looking at the sky uh which really was something that like came in after Oumuamua and and we just didn't have enough data on that on the first interstellar object that we ever saw um 
that made me want to get a telescope and actually start looking at stuff and have the possibility when comets and things come back in, the weather in New England actually uh, <laughs> follows along with us. Uh, it's it's actually a really great time, and it's and it's amazing, and I I am absolutely. Uh, addicted to astronomy now and it's a problem but that's okay <laughs> it is it is amazing and so to me the possibilities of alien life is never zero even if we've observed everything in the universe i'm i'm convinced that the possibility is zero um so i'm open to the possibility of aliens being found my exploring the unknown hypothesis includes the assumption that aliens could be out there so and what, what i see from uh some intellectual people out there and including some that are that are um publicly communicating science and i'm not going to say their names because that's not the point about this those there's like a lack of curiosity on the topic and i get it there's a lot of noise around it but it made me really think about two uh, about a core fundamental aspect of like my scientific moral. And, and one of those is that it's scientific to say that I don't know. And saying I don't know, but let's find out, is one of the most scientifically curious things that you can say. And to me, that is science. It's, I don't know, but but let's figure it out. So it's become apparent to me over the years and in working in STEM that there is that dichotomy amongst people where some believe that scientists or science is a mass of scientific knowledge and, you know, repeating things, knowing things about stuff, uh, all the things that science has proven. Uh, and then there's folks who believe science is a scientific, it's like a process, it's a, it's a thinking process, a thought process. It's a mindset. For me, it's the process. So I'm not I'm not going to dismiss the people that are saying that aliens could be out there, especially in the case of Avi Loeb and people that are actually going out there after finding something that came, went into Earth, hit our atmosphere, went into the Pacific, and he made an experiment with his team, drug, drag a, uh, drug a magnetic sled, pulled back these spherules, and got evidence that it was from another star system. So, like, I'm not going to dismiss his claim. If he's got a test and he's willing to get data and have something that could then be repeated in another lab somewhere else on the planet, I'm all game. I'm good. You've got data. Let's go. But there are people that, until he had his data, intellectual people were dismissive of what Avi was looking for, and a lot of that came from the stigma of aliens. So for me, science evolves, knowledge evolves, and you know we've had plenty of fundamental theories and laws over the years that have be re been rewritten or upended because we learned more. And and that's that is process. That is the scientific process. That is science. As we learn more, our understanding expands. So I want a moral, a, a way of thinking that goes with that. And. You know, Carl Sagan used to say that science is a way of thinking, and to me, that's really what it's all about. And I think of his other famous saying, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I hear a lot of science, you know, science is a massive knowledge folks saying that as a response 
to the things that have been happening in the UAP alien world. Uh, even even with the, the Mexican aliens that were found, uh, supposed aliens, it was just completely dismissive and not, I don't know, let's find out. I think the extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence has been kind of misinterpreted. And I wish, I really wish Carl Sagan was here so that we can ask him about this and, and obviously to clarify his thoughts on everything that's going on right now. But extraordinary evidence should not be an excuse to ignore the possibility of aliens or anything. Evidence is evidence. And especially if it's done well and it's gathered well and the data is good, it doesn't have to be something wild in clarity or complexity. It just has to be good data. And that's what the IM-1 discovery is for Avi Loeb's team. It's evidence that whatever it was, maybe a comet, maybe an alien technology, whatever it was, it came from another solar system. So let's get back out there. Let's get the rest of it. Like, that's that's where I stand on that. For the Tic Tac UFOs and the Mosul Sphere and others that, w- that was brought up in the U.S. UAP task force, let's declassify everything that we can. I understand why some of that stuff can't be cla- can't be declassified. But let's make it easier and safe for the pilots that are reporting these things so that it can be reported, so we can understand them better, so we can categorize these things. It's definitely a threat to national security, at the very least, for these pilots who could be hitting these things or flying into these things, never mind what these things could or might not be doing. So we got to make it easier for these pilots to report these things that they're seeing, especially now that our technology's gotten so good that they're just popping up everywhere. For the alien bodies that the Mex- that got shared in the Mexican government hearing, let's get samples. Data. Data, 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 data. All right, we finally, you know, we got someone who says there's a body. All right, give us the samples. We're going to bring it to a bunch of labs around the world. We're going to test it and see what they all see. That's how you address, in my mind, that scientifically. I don't know what this is. Let's find out. Let's test it. If if the testing is not allowed, if some weird stuff happens in the gathering of that data, I treat it just like I would an experiment that goes bad. This does not count. We've we've messed up the data. We've got to start. We got to start over. And and maybe one day there will be another potential alien body. And when that happens, the same thing will be the case. Get us the data. Let's test this thing. You know, I remember hearing reports of a of a DNA uh, that they the DNA test that they had. Okay, give let us get another sample. Let's see what the DNA shows there and compare. It's it's a very simple <laughs> it's a very simple thing, and I think that helps cut through the noise. Where is the data? And not to be dismissive of something that doesn't have good data because we know we don't have good data, and we do. We don't have good data that's publicly available, but we definitely have some data. So that means there is definitely something unknown out there that our military pilots are seeing on a regular basis, whether it's green men coming out of a saucer or something else that we don't know. And that's that's what UAP is and, and, and what we're talking about here. So get as much data as you can. If they won't let you, it's a red flag. <laughs> so that's 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 kind of the rules there. But for everyone else, for all those other events and and making things public so that this can be discussed in the public domain, citizen scientists can get involved, 
we do need something. We do need better sensors. We do need something that can actually help us get data reliably that is easily accessible to every human. And the thing that connects all of us is this. And I, this is the key, I think, to these next level uh, discoveries and what we can learn from it. So my science-based approach to the unknown is, like I said, two steps. Give me the data. That's why I love the IM1 spheral discovery. He, they made a claim. They set an experiment. They tested it. Then they, they found results. They found the spherals. They brought it back. They investigated it. And those spherals are being tested in, in, in labs around the world to help verify it. And that's, that's what that big paper was when they revealed it was with that. So I am so pro give me the data. And that's a great example. So that's step one is give me the data. The second step is after the data, what sticks? And so this cuts through a lot of that next step where it's like, if we've got the data, what is repeatable from lab to lab? Let's say we do find, that's, it's the, the kick I'm on recently is like, what happens if we do find this? What happens if, if we get to that day? Are we even prepared for that? I mean, living in a post-COVID world, I am less certain that we are prepared for these big events uh, ahead of time. So for me, uh, my mindset goes to okay. Well, where where is this going? Where are we? Uh, are, are we are we even thinking about day two, day ten, day fifty of actually finding it? I am working my way back through Carl Sagan's contact, and it's great. I, I highly recommend it for what's going on now. I think it'll give you like a really interesting take on what it would be like for the people investigating this. And kind of how the world would react. Sagan was fantastic at that. So ultimately, with everything UFO and UAP and aliens, what I would say is it's scientific to say that we don't know what it might be going on, especially with some of these things that have been slightly declassified or are completely classified. But even in some of the stuff that's been around for a while, I think Bob Lazar's story is very, very interesting. I want to reach out to George Knapp, who's been a reporter on this for many, many years, broke the Bob Lazar story. I think those people are very interesting to listen to. I mean, it may not be the scientific data that we're looking for, but it's interesting. It's very interesting stuff. If you're not listening to the Weaponized podcast, those two are doing that over there. George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell, they're... I think they're doing some interesting stuff. What's out there, what's been said over the many, it's more its more anthropology. It doesn't make it an, a non-data point. It just makes it harder to say anything scientific about it. I think the big missing piece here is the app. The, the thing that lets us all take video of the same event so that we can get data that allows us to do it, almost like the tricorder, right? That's what this app needs to be. And whether it's just an app where you use just the sensors, or maybe you've got like an attachment that you slip into, you know, maybe the USB-C port at some point. Now that we're we're we seemingly are all going that that way, um, we might be able to get something that attaches to these phones, allows us to get more data. So personally, I'm very excited for the future about all this stuff. I'm not pessimistic about it. I know there's a lot of junk out there, so I keep my filter up, keep the shields up with this science-based approach to the unknown, and keep probing, keep investigating. I'm really excited to see what happens with all this future stuff. It seems like there's a lot of momentum behind this, and I know that there's a lot more that we're going to learn. So 
That is my science-based approach to the unknown for UAP aliens and UFOs. I would love to know what you think in the comments. Hit us up, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, on social media, Today in Space Pod, on Instagram, Today in Space on TikTok, and uh, Today in Space Pod on X or Twitter. I'm still getting used to that. But uh, hit us up. Email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think and your thought process uh, and whether or not, you know, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Do you think aliens are real? Let us know what you think. And yes, I'm opening that door on the internet. So um, that's it, folks. Spread love and spread science. We'll be back for another episode of Today in Space very, very soon. Thanks for joining us. Spread love and spread science. Be well. See you next time.